0: Every time I get in the presence of God, I get a book. Your hand just starts writing. So I try to get it all out. But thank God that we're in the apostolic age. The church is in transition and has been in transition from the kingdom age to the, I mean, from the church age to the kingdom age. The church age will always be around to a certain point. But the dispensation is going to take it over one day. Because you'll have people getting born again. As a church but they won't stay there long when i say the church age i'm talking about an age church people have been in the church for 10 20 30 years and still babies have no dominion i always say man's greatest need is the kingdom of god and the reason it is because the kingdom of god has man's one answer and as it is to be in control of his circumstances amen when something comes on you, you don't know whether this thing's going to control you, bring you to death, or bring you to broke, busted, and disgusted, or what it's going to do to you. But you've got to take on a mindset that you have dominion, but you gotta, you got you to take it on. You've got to apply the mindset. You've got to apply the mindset. So the apostolic age is preparing the bride for the coming of Christ. That's what we've got to keep in mind, replacing the old wineskin with the new wineskin. An aged church is a church that's been around for 20, 30 years as an individual and still has the old wineskin. Replacing relationship with church to relationship with God. Replacing relationship with giftings. We can even have a relationship with prayer and be totally out of line because we can conform to things so easy. When you're in a relationship with someone, you're not always praying to them. You're in conversation. Oh, Jesus. I want to hear the Father's voice firsthand. Not carried through Jesus. Not carried through the Holy Spirit. But I want Daddy talking to me. I want Jesus talking to me. The Lord said the AIDS church ushers in the gifts of God. The apostolic church ushers in the revelation of the presence of God. Church is saved but not changed. Man, I wish I the apostles would have been around when I got saved 20-something years ago. I, I would have been a lot farther along right now in Jesus' name. I would have been a lot farther along. He's interceding right now. The book of Acts says we enter through the, in the, into the kingdom through many tribulation. The church avoids tribulation. When trouble comes to the church, they hit the prayer line. So they don't enter into the tribulation. When you come into the kingdom mindset, you are being called to trouble. And you will find more joy in the trouble than you will out of the trouble. Amen. Listen. Satan does not care if you preach on the cross. He doesn't care if you preach on the gifts. He doesn't even care if you prophesy because most people don't believe it. It just tickles him, edifies him for a moment. But when you teach on the kingdom, he no longer sends his demons. He comes himself, according to Mark chapter 4. And all hell breaks loose. That means all hell is breaking loose off of you. (laughs) Because we have an AIDS church that's carrying around hell every day. Amen. But when the kingdom comes, the kingdom of God comes, the devil comes. And he comes to oppose the one in power, in power. Praise the Lord. The kingdom of God is the ministry of reconciliation. We teach in this ministry that unless you're reconciled to God, then reconciled to man, then reconciled to his plan, you'll never see the promises. And see, the church has the hardest time reconciling itself to man. And and until that's done, until we have no more offense in us towards one another, you'll never see the plan of God in your life come to pass. You'll never see your destiny, and you'll never enter into your destination. Those are two different things. But to know Him, to know His love, not just the love of the Holy Spirit, not just the love of the gifts that I have, But to know his love, to know that I am filled and flooded, full and flooded with God. According to Ephesians 3.19, everybody should be meditating on that scripture. That I am filled and full and flooded with God. Ephesians 3.20 says, now that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that I can ask or think according to the power that's in me. What is that power? That power is love. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think, according to the love that's in me. And the problem with the, with the age church, the love is polluted with flesh. So it's not changing people. It's not conquering things. It's, it keeps the devil dining at your table because he said don't partake with the, ta- the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Paul had to deal with this back in his time. We're still dealing with it today. So the anointing in me has to do with being rooted and grounded in love. Can we bring the boxes out? The anointing in me has to do with being filled with the fullness of God. The church has misunderstood the anointings. There's only two anointings, one that comes on you and one that comes in you. The AIDS church has exercised the one that comes on me and neglected neglected the the one that's in me. And they've exercised the gifts thinking they're approved by God and that God's not even in it. (laughs) And they end up hating the ministry because now they're working the ministry and God's not working it for them. Amen. Can you get that over? The anointing in me has to do with me entering the abundant life of Christ. I always know who hasn't entered into the abundant life because they got their eyes on man. Your eyes should never be on man. Your love should always be on man. Amen? Your eyes should never be on man. Jesus said, if your eyes are fixed on me, I will keep you in perfect peace. I will keep you in perfect peace. See, what I see in the AIDS church is this. Keep looking at me. Don't look at the distraction. What what I see in the AIDS church is this that they have a lot of prayers not answered because there are certain things that prayer will never answer. Only keys will. Jesus told Peter that he was going to give him the keys to the kingdom, not the prayers of the kingdom. Jesus only mentioned the church one time, but he never. He always talked about the kingdom. Most preachers preach about, about Jesus but never preach what he taught. He always taught about the kingdom. He always taught about the kingdom. And the reason they don't preach about the kingdom, because they don't want to die to inherit it. When I held my first pastor's conference, I asked the pastors how they know they have a relationship with God. And some said prayer, some said through prayer, some through worship, some through said through giving they have a relationship. And the Lord said, no, all those answers are wrong. Your relationship with God is through death, burial, and resurrection. If you can look at the little man chart, we call it the little man chart about how we grow in Christ, how the anointing in me is growing in me to be a glorious son of God. The Bible says we go from faith to faith and to glory to glory. Jesus said every spiritual blessing is locked up in the heavenlies. It's seated in the heavenlies. Now, heavenlies is plural. There's seven levels of heaven in the third dimension. So if you can picture seven levels in one dimension. There's three heavens, but there's seven levels in each heaven. What's locked up in the heavens will never be released by prayer. What's locked up in the heavens is released by keys. The reason we have an aged church is because the ministers aren't spending their altar time with God. They're studying, they're getting sermons, They're they're doing all these things, but not spending half a day with God every day. Proverbs said if the fire goes out, there's no more wood. So if this fire goes out, there's no more flesh. Keys. That's where you get your keys. You won't get your keys from me, you won't get your keys from your friend or your pastor. You're going to get your keys right there when you shut the door behind you and nobody else goes in there. I've got a war room. Did I walk in that place? It's hard for me to come out of there after four to six hours. And I thought I was in there for an hour. That's where I belong. That's where we as leaders belong. We'll never leave the church out of where it's at. Oh, I feel him. The fullness of God. Fullness means a ship full of cargo. A a town with no empty houses. Can you imagine to be, not only to be filled with God, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but to be full of him. But not only that, to be flooded with him. If we stick together, we're going to experience this. God is calling his remnant leaders together. He's calling his apostles and his prophets together. It started with them. It's going to end with them. It's going to end with them. The manifest presence of God. The Lord said revival is the manifest presence of Christ. Change is the manifest presence of God. You cannot be in his presence and not be changed. You may not even know that something's getting changed until you go out of this place. And something is now different. It was effortless. Man, I tell you, the church could avoid a lot of pain if they just stay in the presence of God. He changes you from glory to glory. We go from faith to faith. That's a movement. But when we go from glory to glory, that's a settling in. There's no movement. The weight of his authority has come on us. You're going to experience that today after I teach. We have a saved church, but not a changed church. Jesus brings revival. The Father brings reformation. Reformation means (laughs) to be reformed. How many things have formed us? How many people have formed us with their words? Where where do we find our identities now? Your identity is not in your husband. Your, Your identity is not in your wife. Your identity is with God. Paul prayed for the believers to know the order of reformation, which brings about an intensification of God's presence and his power. And that's in Ephesians 3, 14 and 21. Paul asked that the Holy Spirit would deepen his work in our lives in three ways. One, and that's the verses I just told you to look up. The one, the Christ, that Christ would be at home. In the cardia. That Christ would be at home in the heart. We got to have, we got keep in mind you got two hearts. You got a pneuma and you got a cardia. You got the heart of your spirit, you got the heart of your soul. Christ is talking about here that Christ, like Paul was talking about here that Christ wants to put make a home in your cardia. This spirit is for the Holy Spirit. This soul is for Jesus to dwell. When he sanctifies it, he says, Father, come. So that we would move from a, being an acquaintance with Jesus to it being the center of my life. Number two, that they, that, that they would grasp God's love beyond intellectual or theological knowledge. number three, that we would be filled with the fullness of God. We've been on this this theme this year about how to have a successful ministry. A successful ministry is not numbers. When you're moving in the apostolic ministry, it's not going to be about numbers. Jesus is the chief apostle, and he had 12 people. God told me years ago that the big mega churches are coming down. The large is coming down, but the small is going to become large. And it's all the remnants coming together. So he said the success of ministry is your maturity and your relationship with God. You see, most of the age churches here operating in the gift. This is an anointing that comes on you. And we can exercise that thing and we can get get it to produce because of the people's hunger. And we think we're approved by God. But if we haven't developed a relationship, we're vomiting out the old man with the gift. And that's why you don't see your people changed. They're so busy preaching. And they end up hating this thing. They dread it. Because now they become a hireling. They have to work it for it to survive. They have to work it for a paycheck. God never called you to go out and get a paycheck. (laughs) He said, take nothing with you. If you took his power and his presence, everything will follow it everything with i'm example you can take his power and everything not follow you but you got to have the power and the presence we're 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 teaching word and the bible says the word is a sword we're teaching word that power is on one side and demons are hanging off the other side of the sword and when that word pierces the person the power is coming in but it's empowering the demons And they're worse off than they were. You can't have a mixture. There's no more mixtures. The AIDS church is full of mixture, flesh and power, flesh and giftings. The calling has nothing to do with this gift. The Father said, I've called you and me into fellowship with the Son. That's my calling. This is my calling right here. This is what I'm called to every day. I'm not called to preach that. I'm called to die here so I can live there. There's too much demonstration in the church and no manifestation in the church. I've gone to some age churches, man, and I feel like I've been beat up by the time I get out of there with all the prophecy that's going on. Don't you feel beat up? Listen, this is what you're called to right here. You need to get up early in the morning, three or four o'clock in the morning and start exercising this time. I started off with 15 minutes 20 years ago and I'm up to four to six hours every morning now for the last 10, 15 years. And no man has taught me. This comes from the third heaven. I don't study for sermons. They come. He is the sermon. Is the only sermon. But we have this anointing here. Where's our crown? Oh, we had a crown somewhere. We have this anointing here that has to be developed. God will never trust you with this anointing. And he'll never release you to this until that's satisfied. Too much demonstration and no manifestation. And what I mean by that, we can demonstrate miracles. We can demonstrate healings. We can demonstrate prophecy. We can demonstrate the gifts of the Spirit. But can I manifest Jesus? (laughs) Can I manifest Him? Because if I can manifest Him, I can manifest the Father. Because they're one. There's a holy stillness in this place right now. And this is a sign of an apostolic ministry that you could sit here for hours and listen. In the age church, you're ready to get out to 30 minutes and want to know where to eat. The Lord told me to teach on mindsets. I'm going to stop at 1130 so we can go back into praise and worship because he he wants to, to bring his glory in. You cannot have I mean Jesus said we're we're to have the mind of Christ. He said we had the mind of Christ. But we never applied it. We have a lot of things that we hadn't applied. What is the mind of Christ and how is it developed? He showed me by revelation that within his mind are five mindsets. Ah, Lord Jesus We have got to constantly progress in mindsets. We as a church try to keep things alive that are obviously dead. And it's poisoning the mind. The mind is an organ. The soul is a function. Keep this. The mind is an organ. Paul said, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. It's a spiritual organ. Paul also said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He also said, work out your own salvation, not somebody else's salvation. And how easy it for us to try to get other people right. 3 John says, I pray that you prosper and be in health just as are what? Not your mind as your soul prospers. Listen, the soul is a producer of what's generating in the Spirit. Amen. The kingdom of God is generating in the Spirit. The soul produces it, and then the rivers of life come and flow out of it. The soul produces what the mind should be thinking. You will reach a mindset that I'll get into shortly that you will no longer see with your senses, but you will see out of the spirit of your mind. Paul said, think on these things that are above. In other words, he was saying, you might be living below the line, but think above the line. A lot of people get saved, but few people live out their destiny. When God sends you to an apostolic ministry, he's ready for you to live out your destiny and stop living for people. Without a changed mindset, the abundant life will never be in reach. Without a changed mindset. He said the cultivation of the anointing within you and meditation on the revelation that he unveils to you are keys to the new mindsets. Another key is, he said, godly sorrow produces repentance. And I said this earlier, we don't know what repent means. Yes, it means it's a change of thinking. But if you, if you really dig deep, re means again pent means rooftop so what are you saying was jesus is saying repent for the kingdom is near no what are you saying was take take your lowly mindset and put it back on top so that you can receive the kingdom you cannot receive the kingdom in a lowly mindset the battle of the mind is always between what I said, what he said, and what I see. The battle of the mind is always between what he said and what I see. We have to choose what's going to dominate me. So the anointing is so misunderstood in the church. The one that comes on us and the one that comes in us. The one that comes in me is fed by my hunger for God. The one that comes on me is fed, is, is fed by the people of God. So the, there's one that carries the gift. The other carries you. God could have anointed you to, to build. He could have anointed you to sing. But that's not what's carrying you. The one in you has to be developed. He's the one carrying you. One is for ministry, one is for development. One depends on the hunger of the people and the other depends on your hunger. The church needs to understand which one is being developed and exercised for God's glory. There's too much attention on man. Leaders have cloaked themselves with titles to cover up their infancy. I always said nobody can fire me but Jesus. (laughs) So I can preach it just like it's supposed to be preached. (sighs) One delivers the power and one delivers the presence. So what your mind is set on determines your level of maturity. This is how you're going to grow is what your mind is set on, a mindset is a gauge of maturity. Think about what your mind is set on today. That's a gauge of maturity. Mindset means a particular way of thinking. What's your mind full of today? Is it full of ministry? Then you better move on from that. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. So we become what we think on. And the sad thing is, whatever we think on affects somebody else. Now we're polluting the th- people around us. Poisoning them. Colossians so 3.12, 1 through 2 says, so it comes down to this. Since you have been raised with the anointed one, the liberating king, set your mind on heaven above. The anointed is there, seated at the right hand. Stay focused on what's above and not on earthly things. People are earthly things. We came out of dirt, right? We were made from dirt. See, see pastors are caring for dirt and not uh, for the truth. <laughs> <laughs> pastors are nurturing demons and not nurturing the revelation. The and the whole time we petting demons, the, the Satan that's over the demons is coming to by stealth to steal the revelation that you just heard. Because all hell broke loose when you received the revelation. Then the pastor comes to calm things down. When the pastor should back up. This is between you and God. There's a time you got to cut people off. And I've taken a lot of criticism for that, but I know one thing. Those people came back changed, and they came back and thanked me for not running them down. The Lord said, when this ministry opens, they're going to be leaving, they're going to be coming. They're going to be leaving, they're going to be coming. But when they leave, do not chase after them. Because if you chase after them, I'm not. <laughs> Isaiah 26, 3, will keep you in perfect peace whose minds are steadfast on you and they trust in you, not what people say or do. You can't trust what people are saying or doing. You got to trust what he is saying through peace. The apostolic ministries are going to bring you into perfect peace. Jesus said not to have, wait a minute, what, what we think on invites the power to become it. Oh God! There's so much revelation. What we think on invites the power to become it. It's an invitation. Jesus said you not to have a pagan mindset, but to have His mind. I I hear preachers teaching on the mind, but they don't go any further than that. And I'm a guy that likes to dig, man. I got to dig. I got to get to the truth of things. So, what is a pagan mindset? Let's look at Luke 12, 29, and 30. A pagan mindset. And you do not seek by meditating and reasoning to inquire into what you are to eat or what you are to drink, nor be anxious, troubled, mind unsettled, excited, worried, in suspense. For all the pagan world is greedily seeking these things, and you know your father knows that you already need them. When I see the age church, I see a worried church. I see a fearful church. I see an anxious church. I see an emotional bride instead of a worshiping bride. When the kingdom of God, they might have been dropped into it, but were never established in it. Because it's a fear free kingdom, it's a worry free kingdom. It's a sickness-free kingdom. A pagan mindset is a troubled mindset. And a person that can't sit still for five minutes is a person that has never been developed in Jesus. He just bumped into him and got saved. And all he's doing is developing what he got bumped into, the bump of worried minds, in suspense, in suspense, in suspense, always suspicious. That's an age church. Let's look at the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians 2.16. Lord, help me get all this out today. For who has underst- known or understood the mind, the counsels and the purposes of the Lord, so as to guide and instruct him and give him knowledge? But we have the mind of Christ, the Messiah, and do hold the thoughts and feelings and purposes of his heart. Let's go to Second Timothy seven. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, cowardice, craving, cringing, fawning fear, but has given us the spirit of power, love, and a calm, well-balanced mind, and discipline, and self-control. When you move from, from a church mindset, to a slave mindset, to a kingdom mindset. When you enter that kingdom mindset and begin to get established and developed in that, you will have self-control. Self-control means dominion. My circumstances don't control me. I control them. How do I control them? I don't control them by arguing or disputing. I control them right here. My circumstances are controlled in my secret place with God. This is where I decree and I declare things out of worship. In my circumstance, everything that's named is now under my feet. The church has never learned from moving from harvest to inheritance. You cannot sow for your inheritance. You have to grow for it. The AIDS church is mastered sowing and reaping. But if you don't sow for one day, you're going to find out what's going to happen. There's going to be a season of no reaping, and you're going to wonder what in the world happened. You got to sow every day. But to get your inheritance has nothing to do with you. Jesus died for that. And to receive it, I have to die to me and live for him. How do I know that, that I am, have my inheritance? Jesus tells us in Ephesians 4, he says that now everything that's, that, that is under his feet has a name. Everything that has a name is under his feet. Oh, we're thinking about demons. Demons are under my feet. No, he's saying even your blessing should be under your feet. Even your wealth should be under your feet. Because you don't want that to have dominion over you. God, I can just go and I can park right there for a little while. I don't know how many times the devil has tempted me to enjoy the things God has given me beyond the time That God was with me to enjoy it. That's when the things would have dominion over me. Instead of me having dominion over the things. Everything that has a name. Revelation 2.23. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches the hearts and the mind. And I will repay each one according to his deeds. We need to. What of our deeds? What did we do yesterday to build someone up? What did we do yesterday or the day before to build some up? That's a deed. That's an action. There's a price to pay for that, and it's coming. In fact, I was in worship this morning, and the Lord said He's given given some of us thirty days to really repent, because we're in our burial season, right? Didn't it? In, so end of this month. He said, he said, because if it doesn't happen, he will have no control over the flood of evil that's going to come right to you. It was a warning. He said, give him a warning. So Lord, I just gave it. What is the what is Christ searching and testing for in the mind? What is Christ searching and testing for in the mind? He's searching and testing for maturity. He's not looking for signs, wonders, and miracles. What are the signs of maturity? Five things Christ is looking for in his exploring the mind. The Bible says he he continually tests the mind. He's testing mindsets. What is your mind set on today? What was your mind set on yesterday? Was it set on worldly things? Or was it set on the heavenly things? He said, "Do, do we have the mind of Christ And are we applying the mind of Christ daily? He said, there's five mindsets wrapped up in my mind. And here they are. There's a temple mindset. There's a slave mindset. There's a kingdom mindset. There's a bridal mindset. And there's a glory mindset. So I want to break these down. And these are all good mindsets. None of these are bad mindsets because they're all in his mind. A temple mindset is a church mindset. That means I am saved and I'm going to heaven. I pay my tithe. I'm saved, I pay my tithe. That's a church mindset. I'm saved, I want to get somebody else saved. That's a church mindset. You know, something I learned uh, last week about the tithe it says it opens up the, he will open up the windows of heaven. What the tithe does, it opens up you. It opens up you to new ideas, to revelations, to witty inventions. So always know who's not paying the full tithe because they're lacking revelation. They're lacking ideas. They're lacking uh, witty inventions. The windows of heaven open. Let's look at... um. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Do you know that your that you are your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit, who lives within you, whom you have received as a gift from God? Here it is. Here's the gift. You are not your own. You are bought with a price, purchased with a preciousness and paid for by his own. So then honor God and bring glory to him in your body we got too many people owning their body when you're not your own. Let's go to 1 John, I mean John 1, 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave them the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Now, if we stay in this mindset, as this is all there is, we become an age church. A gray-haired babe. And I, I met some of those people. And I'd rather love on a sinner than, the, than than to embrace the anger that's bellowing off of them. They're angry because they were never developed in what saved them. He said they're gray haired babes still in diapers. I said, what are the diapers full of, Lord? He keeps telling me they're in diapers, they're in diapers, they're in diapers, they're in diapers. diapers. Is it the vomit that comes out when a demon comes out? What is it, Lord? He said, when I mention diapers, they're still in diapers. They're still full of emotion. Their diapers are full of emotions. They're dictated by their emotions. They're ruled by their emotions. That's a sign that I'm an aged babe. Now they take these diapers off and get some training pants on. That's when you enter into the apostolic. <laughs> Apostles take the diapers off. You don't even know I'm taking your diaper off because it's done in the Spirit. And I put those training pants on. You'd be surprised what I get accomplished in the Spirit right here about this ministry and about you. That 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 is... That is, this is a church mindset right here. Now, we leave from a church mindset, and this is where most ministers get stuck, is in a slave mindset. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 7, 22. For he who is called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freed man. Likewise, he is who is called while free is Christ's slave. Romans six eighteen, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Jesus said we are to move from a slave to a son. So this is a minister mindset. This is where most of the age church is is a mindset that they are slave to Christ. They're a slave to you. They're ministering constantly and neglecting the relationship with God. Thinking all along, God is approving their efforts. But he is grieved. Wouldn't you be grieved when someone you are in love with never comes to visit you? It's a mind full of ministry. A slave to Jesus, a bond servant of Jesus. And the danger here is the gifts get so focused on that there's no relationship with God. And it's amazing how the devil can tempt you to get you to believe that all is well. And then this precious woman of God confirmed something again for me yesterday when I spoke something a few years ago and the Lord said that 80% of the church is not going to heaven she was my third witness they're preaching revivals anxious worried selling crosses selling holy anointing oil holy water I never heard of water being holy I don't know any water that is sanctified other than the Holy Spirit and when they die preaching the word of God He'll say, I never knew you. Man, that's going to be a day. That would, that would cause me to throw everything down, every agenda, every preaching list I'm going to, and, and thrust myself into that altar for 30 days and get right with God. Why did I say 30 days? Because it, 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 30 days, it takes a habit. It forms a habit. Whew, 30 days forms a habit. An AIDS church ushers in the gifts. The Apostolic Church ushers in the power and the presence through the gift. The hardest mindset to obtain a kingdom mindset is the church, the AIDS Church. I can take a I'm, I'm telling you, I can take a, a newborn Christian and, and rapidly do something with him. But but for some reason, God doesn't send me newborn Christians. <laughs> he sends me to ministers that have diapers on. I said, Lord, will I ever get out of trouble? He said, no. He said, you're called to it. I find my joy in my trouble. I get depressed if I'm not in trouble. Because that trouble drives me to god it drives you to him man it is a force that comes on me and drives me to him see see the 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 aids church when you start talking about the kingdom they get confused they get very unsettled and the next thing you know they're out the door amen Why? Because they want to hold on to what they learned. And what they learned is killing them. The kingdom mindset is a reflection of a son. When you have a kingdom mindset, you have a reflection of a son and not a child. A kingdom mindset carries with it the testimony of change. Jesus said the gates of hell would not prevail against change. You cannot change without a key. Prayer will never change you. Prayer will get you to the door of change, but you have to have the key to unlock what you need to go past that place into an enlarged place with God. Galatians 4, 7. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, a bondservant. There it is. I need the ministers to move from being a bondservant minister to a son. And if a son, then it follows that you are an heir by the aid of God through Christ, not through Ministry. If your life is an example of Christ, that's your ministry. A sonship mindset has moved from a sowing and reaping mindset to an inheritance mindset. Philippines 2, 14 and 15. Do everything readily and cheerfully, no bickering. No second guessing allowed. Go out into the world uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air. That's your ministry right there. A breath of fresh air. In this squalid, polluted society, provide people with a glimpse of good living. And of the, is that it? And of the living God. Carry the light-giving message into the night so, all, so I'll have good cause to be proud of you on the day that Christ returns. Come on, people. I can do more when I come out of four to six hours in my secret place in one word than I could do preaching a whole revival for three or four days. Hebrews 12, 7. As you endure this divine discipline, (laughs) remember that God is treating you as his own children. (laughs) Who ever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? (laughs) And apostles are fathers in the spirit. Amen. I said, Lord, will you ever get me out of this phase of disciplining people? He said, no, that's the mantle. That's the mantle. They need discipline. And man, some of them hate it. They'll kick and scream like I did when I was a teenager. Kicking and screaming the whole way. So sons are quick to obey with no bickering, no second guessing. If you know how your apostle lives, you better listen to him. You better listen, because he is not his own. Receive discipline joyfully. That's how I know you received it. You gave me a big old hug, kissed me on each side of the cheek. Instead of throwing your book down and walking out the... (laughs) Gosh. I said, oh, well, they'll be back around. (laughs) They'll be back around. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his mercy. That he never gives up. He never gives up. A sun is a breath of fresh air. You should feel refreshed around him. You should not want to leave his presence. Providing people with a glimpse of good living. Amen. This is a sun carrying the light as a message into the darkness. Not saying a word, but the light is the message. Bellowing off of him. (laughs) So a kingdom mindset is now a son in the temple, leaving everything you know to pursue everything you don't know. Moving from an aged church to a kingdom mindset is leaving everything you know to pursue everything you don't know. Aren't you glad you came today? Yes. <laughs> Chris texted me this morning and said he had to cut grass today and something rose up in me. I said, you've got to help me cut grass in this place today. <laughs> I said, no, you need to be here today. Listen, you don't want to miss a pastor's conference. They're totally different from any other ministry in here. There's so much revelation that comes forth, and I get so excited on my way here, and it's not my excitement. It's his excitement. He loves his leaders. He loves his pastors. He loves them. So the kingdom mindset, the kingdom teaching, is where the church is in transition from an age church to a kingdom church. The kingdom message, listen to this, the kingdom message is a hidden message. It's the message behind the message. When Jesus uh, taught his his disciples, he spoke to them freely, but he spoke to people in parables. Why was that? Because... uh, All the people wanted was want, want, want. They wanted healing. They wanted fish. They wanted bread. They wanted this. They wanted this. They wanted this. They wanted this. So he had to talk to them in parables. They couldn't receive the message that was behind the message. When you get a revelation from God, you better go deeper. Because there's seven layers on that word. Every word, because it's been purified. And it's perfect. And seven is the number for perfection. Don't stop at just one revelation of that scripture. There's seven layers on that thing. And each layer ties you to each layer of glory in the third dimension. Uh, It can get deep right there. So when he unveils a layer, he's taking you to the first dimension in the third dimension. And there's seven dimensions, seven layers, and each one of them represents something. That's how you know where you are in the glory. The kingdom. It's a tough transition because the devil comes himself. And you know, he comes by, he comes comes through the one that's closest to you. He's going to come through your wife. He's going to come through your husband. He's going to come through a family member. Whoever's got your ear is the one he's coming to. God opens up windows in you of opportunity. I mean, uh, of, of revelation ideas. He opens up doors for opportunities, advancement. Doors are for advancement. But gates are for hell. Well, how do I know that I'm about to open up a gate to hell? Who are you talking to? People are gates to hell. People are windows of blessing. People are doors of opportunity. You have to discern, why did this person just come into my life? You better discern it, because it could be a gate to hell, or it could be a door of opportunity. A son (laughs) can discern Children are easily deceived. He said sons are led. That means he's not always having to talk to them. He can trust them now. If he's talking to you, he's still trying to discipline you. He's still trying to chastise you, which means discipline. But if he's leading me, he's trusting me with his kingdom. Once the kingdom of God is in once the kingdom of God is in the kingdom mindset then you are poised to receive the kingdom of heaven most people don't know the difference there's a big difference this is where the bridal mindset And the glory mindsets are hidden in the kingdom of heaven. Because only a father can release the bride to the son. Sons have keys. I tell people all the time, and I always wondered why I, I said, I don't pray that much. I don't pray that much. Even though Paul said, or one of them said, don't pray without ceasing, he was talking to a particular church. But I don't pray that much. I have keys to unlock in the heavenlies what I need. Let's look at the bridal mindset. See, see here at Kingdom Life, we, we, are, uh, we are about in the middle of the kingdom mindset with our people. But God is beginning to give me messages on the bride. So that means he's about to transition us again. So a bridal mindset sees Jesus as he is. It reflects him. It reflects his image. It reflects his character. This is no longer an emotional bride, but a worshiping bride. The bride is now in the temple. The bride is is never in the temple until the kingdom is there because the kingdom is a message of reformation, transformation, and renewal. Then the bride comes into the soul. 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, now we are children of God, And it has not yet been revealed that we shall be but we know that when he is revealed we shall be like him for he shall see him we shall see him as he is you should see him every day with a bridal mindset a bridal mindset sees him matthew 25 1. then the kingdom of heaven not the kingdom of god shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Are you full of God? To be full of God, you've got to be full of Jesus. Not full of the Holy Spirit. That's already come and gone. You should have already done that and been there. But full of Jesus is to be full of God. Now you're ready to meet the bridegroom. The Father's going to introduce him to you in a way that you've never met him before. Isn't that exciting? The bridal mindset is full of revelation. The bridal mindset walks in revelation. The bridal mindset is all they can speak is revelation. Everything that comes out of the bride is revealing the bridegroom. That's revelation. Revelation. She has become one with him. John three twenty nine. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Who's the bridegroom? Who is the bridegroom? The friend. No, I'm saying the friend. Who's the friend of the bridegroom? He's the one that's hearing the voice. He's the one that has the kingdom mindset ready to transition into the bridal mindset. Does that make sense? The the bridegroom, the bridal mindset is a mind that can only speak revelatory words. And there's a bride... There's friends of the bridegroom. We call them groomsmen, right? They're all around the bridegroom because they're next in line to be married. Oh, God, this is so good. The best man is in the kingdom, but he's ready to come in to be a bride in the bridal chamber. He is next in line. He's swept in by the voice of the bridegroom. Song of Solomon 5.1 I have come to my garden, my sister, my spouse. I have gathered my mirth with my spice. I have eaten my honeycomb with my honey. And I have drunk my wine with my milk. Your soul is the garden that he has come into. And now you're communing with Him. It's a constant communion. A constant fellowship. I can have conversations with people and be in constant communion with God at the same time. And understand everything that you're saying and everything that He's saying because now I'm living in two worlds. I can go up and I can go down. The bridal mindset is this it's intoxicated with love this is something the church has not experienced it's it's called the baptism of love we're baptized in the christ we're baptized by water we're baptized uh in the holy ghost and then we're baptized in love now i can see through my mind instead of my senses The devil can't do nothing with me now. He won't even come around no more because he's realized that he's wasting his time. All right, let's look at the glory mindset. And this is the finishing up of this. glory mindset is a mind flooded with God, a mindset of revealing the glory of God to all flesh. This is a mindset of giving without receiving. It's called the crown of glory. The rivers are flowing from the garden because there's a, a marriage that just happened in the soul. Let's look at Isaiah 28, 5. But in that future Messianic day of the Lord of hosts shall come become a crown of glory And a diadem of beauty to the converted remnant to his people. He didn't say the converted church. He said the converted remnant. You're not a remnant until you're in the kingdom mindset. Then you're converted into that bridal mindset. Isaiah 43 through 5. A voice of one who cries, prepare in the, in the wilderness the way of the Lord, clear away the obstacles, make straight and smooth a, in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and filled up, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked, place, crooked and uneven shall be made straight and level, rough places made plain, and the glory, majesty, and the splendor of the Lord shall be revealed in all flesh." shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This is a glory mindset, a remnant who has survived judgment. And that's not judgment on you. That's judgment on the trespasser that was in the garden trying to keep Jesus out. How many of you survived the judgment on the enemy. You've passed the test. These people are called to a people who doubt that God is really alive. These people are called to a people who doubt that God is really alive. Really all that powerful. Does He really care? You are the people that's going to reach these people. The whole world is about to be caught up in this brand new thing God is doing. He is bringing his apostles and prophets together in love. When we meet, we think we've known each other for all our life. Releasing sons and daughters of glory, overthrowing Satan's government, overthrowing the enemy's government. We are government overthrowers. Filled with his presence. Filled with his glory. Let's look at glory and then we're finished up. We're going to go into praise and worship. Look at the definition of glory. And Sharice, you did an awesome job pulling all this together. Glory mindset is a mindset of honor, splendor, power, wealth, authority, magnificent, fame, dignity, riches, Excellence. This is the glory of God. That we are supposed to have that mindset. And if you have the mindset, you've invited the power to become that. Amen. So the Lord said He wants to give us a taste of that glory today. And He also told me to release the prophetic. So I'm releasing the prophetic. So at some point, um, when, the, when the heavy presence comes down, then I want to hear the prophets. I want to hear the apostles. I want to hear the ones that's just bubbling up in you to get it, extract it out of the atmosphere so it becomes that person that needs it. That person becomes that prophecy. Because in the apostolic, there's acceleration. Acceleration. Things move rapidly. You don't have to wait on things unless you're just totally disobedient. God's trying to get something to you. Just rest. That's the hardest thing for the AIDS church to do is rest. Just chill. <laughs> chill. Sometimes I have to tell my wife that, "Just chill, chill, just wait. A- chill. <laughs> chill. Chill. Rest. That means don't work. That I means your mind is no longer arguing with God. Anxiety and worry is nothing but arguing with God. <laughs> Anger is nothing ar- arguing with God. People don't make me angry. People just trigger what's in me. All right, come on. Let's, let's go into the playlist. It's about a 30-minute playlist. And uh, we should be out of here by one, hopefully. But listen, those who have to leave can leave. I mean, last time people stayed at 3 or 4 o'clock because they just wanted to soak up the presence. The more you're in the presence, the more that's going to change you. Amen? So let's, hey, we can just push these boxes back, guys. And um, so we can have some room up here to worship. And now we have something to really praise him about. Because part of the apostolic is to give you understanding of where you're going. And if you don't have a vision or an understanding of where you're going, you'll go in circles constantly around everything. So if you need to go to the restroom, go to the restroom. And um, we're going to worship. And you'll feel Listen, God transitions in worship, so we'll, you'll feel the power. And when I feel the power of my hands get hot, that's how I know Jesus just stepped in this place. He's already in the atmosphere, but can I manifest him? Two or three come together in his name, but we can't manifest him. Even though he's in our midst, we're going to manifest him through praise. I mean, he needs to hear your voice today. He needs to hear your voice, not just the song that I'm playing. Go ahead and take him out. Just take him out. That'll give us more room up here. And just come up and worship. Just come up and worship. Just come up and worship. Because he's going to really do what he said he was going to do. <laughs> Pastor Mike's going to be mulling over this message for a while. <laughs> Anybody wants a copy of my notes? So say, say, You can always ask for my notes. It's recorded. It says recorded. So here are my notes. If somebody wants to I'll give you the intro. That's the intro. We can type we can staple that together okay. and that's the message. Praise God. Alright, let's hit the lights and let's 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 just go into praise and worship and um bring his glory in the place. Out of the spirit of your mind. That means see from the mindset that you're in you're in a kingdom mindset you see from a kingdom perspective so don't ever see with your eyes through your natural senses let the kingdom mindset see through the mind and then let it come through the senses because everything you see through the senses without it coming through the mindset is temporary but you can keep it you can keep eternity on it oh thank you Lord so if you're not seeing from the perspective of heaven the eternity that's in you can keep what you're trying to get rid of eternal life on it that I means you can give power to it. You can actually give life to the very thing that you're trying to destroy in your life. You can actually give life to the very thing that Christ has already crucified for you by looking at it with your eyes. A kingdom perspective sees it completely different from what it is. You've got to see people whole. You've got to see people the way he sees them. If if we would just do that, there would be no division in the church. There would be no offense in the church if we would just see people the way he sees them. So that's seeing out of the mind of the Spirit, which is the mind of Christ. Christ is the mind of the Spirit. He is the mind of the Spirit. So he's given us the five mindsets. You know what they are now. So you can say, hey, this is where I'm at and this is where I'm going. Amen. You got the teaching. Everybody's got copies of the message. They're in the back. we will give them to you on the way out. Meditate on them. Preach them. Teach them to your people. Because Listen. Everything I teach is foundational. That's apostolic. I'm just foundational. You you can just picture a skyscraper. The original apostles laid the true foundation. Amen. They laid the true foundation. But God, Ephesians says, build a house for God in the spirit. So that's like a skyscraper with many floors. So the apostle brings the next floor in while the pastors and teachers build on that floor. (laughs) So listen, you can actually walk in the presence of God all the time. It's not a temporary thing. It's a temporary thing for the AIDS church, but it's an eternal thing for a son and a daughter of Christ. When you take on that mindset. You can't take on any mindset unless first you've experienced that mindset. You can't take on anything you haven't experienced. So as you meditate on that teaching, God's going to give you your own revelation according to your own makeup, according to your own anointing, according to your own process. My process is different from your process. I can't give you my anointing because my process is different from yours. I can just give you my mandate. You can you can you can associate with the mandate. And that that can come on you by association. But I can't give you my anointing. You have to cultivate that yourself. You have to cultivate that thing on the inside. Wasn't God good today? I, I mean The the Lord keeps reminding me that every church service should end up with his presence. Or it's all in vain because the presence seals the deal. If the presence doesn't come, we're wide open for the enemy to come back.